0: Welcome to No Matter What. I'm Hannah Seymour, and this podcast is all about being who God created you to be no matter what, no matter your past, your current circumstances, no matter your relationship status, your career journey, no matter what life throws at you. Each episode, I invite a friend to talk about what that actually looks like, to be who God created you to be no matter what. Welcome back to No Matter What. As y'all know, I'm Hannah Seymour and I am sitting in the studio today with my dear friend, Dwan Hill.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Y'all are going to love Dwan, but let me tell you a little bit about him. I I love when my friends who come on the show are like on the internet and have things about them because I always get to be reminded
1: about some stuff that we just don't
0: normally talk about on a daily basis. So, We'll start with the professional and then we'll move into the personal. So Dwan, Dwan is a Grammy award winning and two time dub nominated songwriter. He's a wow. producer. Wow, wow. Like you didn't know that. Wow. It's just weird hearing He's, you say
1: that because I never Google. Oh, you yeah, well, that's good. That you don't <laughs> Google yourself. But
0: he is an amazing musician. He's a church leader. He's a podcaster. He is husband to Laura and daddy to Tobin yes. and Nyla. Dwan is a Belmont grad he has toured worldwide with artists like Lauren Daigle, Johnny Lang, CeCe Winans. I mean, I could keep going on. Um, he's got a podcast that is awesome. I will make sure it's in the show notes called Hey Wise Guys. Most importantly to me, Juan has been a dear friend to my husband. And yes. I mean, they really tease their like brothers from another mother. We are
1: my twin, <laughs> not just brothers, twins. Oh, twins. We're, twi- That's twins. right.
0: That's yes. right. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the two of them have been thick as thieves for years and so grateful for you I and Laura Tyler. and y'all's yeah. y'all's friendship in our lives yeah. and Duane and I were texting I don't know probably a month ago now and started talking we we're like hey we I gotta get you on yes. I gotta get you on no yes. matter what let's yes. have a conversation yes. so as y'all know I really only invite guests who I trust and respect and would solicit their advice and opinion for my own life and so I trust Juan. He comes from a biblical foundation and worldview that I respect. And and I want to know. I want to know what Juan Hill thinks about <laughs> okay. things oh, and about what I should do with my life. So anyway.
1: I'm honored to be here. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, hey, man. I'm I'm a fan of your family and your podcast. You guys <laughs> thanks, are dear friends of ours. So I'm, I'm ready to chat. What do you well, want to talk about? Well,
0: let's chat. Well, we're going to talk about one of your no matter what seasons. Mm-hmm. So. I know you know this, but I mean, my whole podcast is having conversations with folks about how do you stay intentional, focused, resilient on on being who you know God has created you to be in the face of either a chapter of life or an area of life that just does not meet your expectations, your right. hopes. You thought the plan was X. You thought God would deliver X, Y, Z. That is not reality. Right. And I mean, this happens to all of us in so many different ways throughout life. And so practically speaking, how do you live out who God has called you to be amidst those seasons of hardship, mm. discomfort, the no matter what? So Right,
1: right. Ooh, I hope somebody answers that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you <laughs> so, are. So, another guest coming I in. <laughs> want,
0: I want you to tell us about one of your no matter what's, and I think it kind of starts in college yeah. and, and graduating college for you. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I've had several. But the one that sticks out as maybe the most difficult for me was I had just graduated from Belmont with a music degree. And I thought that my journey would take me to L.A. to um, a grad school out there because I wanted to be a jazz pianist. I just knew that being a uh, a piano player was the next step for yeah. me and just take off in L.A. and, and be the next whatever yeah. they had for me out yeah. there. Um, I had already graduated from Belmont with a music degree. It just made sense to go to grad school. You know, I was following that whole education track. Sure. It was funny. Two or three other of my friends applied to the same school and we actually helped them with their applications. Mm. You know, I was like, you should do this, you do this, take this test, do this. That. <laughs> and, you know, you wait a couple of weeks or maybe a month or so for results to come back. And my friend got his result. He got into the school. Mm-mm. I got my result and I did not get in. Mm-mm. And it, tore me to pieces yeah i mean it it was probably to this day still one of the most disappointing feelings wow because in a little bit of my history i i grew up playing music since i was five in church and i see now that the negative side of playing in in church and playing music for so long without really knowing who i was outside of music a lot of my identity was wrapped up in i'm a musician totally you know what i'm saying so when when I applied to the school and they told me that they didn't want me to come to the school, I didn't take it as, oh, I'll just apply it to the next one. Yeah. You know, or I'll just, yeah, I'll try some other trade. Yeah. It was, they rejected me, mm. Duan. Mm. And that season of time was really dark for me because I hadn't, before that point, separated my musical identity from my real identity. As a son of God and a man who, who could be talented to do more things. Mm-hmm. um, Yeah, it was tough. I remember I lived in South Nashville and Brentwood in the Knolls, actually at the corner of Old Hickory and Dolansville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was the first time I lived by myself. My brother and I used we lived together our whole lives. He's a year younger than me. But that's the first time I graduated living in my own apartment. And the only thing I remember about that apartment is being dark. Mm. And I, and it's weird cuz I don't live in the dark. No. <laughs> you know, I, mean? I have lights no. on, I have blinds. But I remember, and I think it's cuz of where my heart was. I huh. the only thing I remember about, about that apartment was that it felt dark to me. Huh. Because it was it was in that apartment that I got that that notification email. You know. So, it was tough. So what? It was tough.
0: I mean, where was your head like and heart and what did your conversations with God look like? Were you angry, confused?
1: I was I think the best word was, was disappointed mm-hmm. and, and confused because, you know, you, you prepare seemingly your whole life for certain moments, yeah you know, and you, and I had great grades. There was no reason for this school mm-hmm. to deny my application mm-hmm. based on qualifications. I was mm-hmm. as qualified as anybody else yeah. who actually helped someone else get into right. the school. Right. So it would have been better if they were, they were like, you don't have the grades or you don't have the test scores. You're not good enough. Then I could have attributed to, "Well, I just need to practice more. Yeah. I need to do better." Yeah. But they didn't do that. They just said we chose somebody else over you. And well, they didn't say that, but that's how grad schools work. Right. <laughs> you can't accept right. anybody. <laughs> right. So the disappointment was real because I felt like the preparation that I had been doing to follow my passions to follow God's plan for my life was not turning out the way that I expected okay. it to turn out, okay. and it wasn't like i was presented with two other options mm-hmm. i had put all my eggs in this basket yeah. yeah you know i had told people that i'm going to la right. i'm going to be doing this yeah. and it was shattering it 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 broke me down mm-hmm. and uh it was probably the first time that i actually had to go on a very um Specific faith journey mm-hmm, with God, mm-hmm. and ask the hard question. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, yeah, when you're just when everything's happening your way and, and things are great, and my life has been perfect, but it's been blessed. I've oh, had yeah. a very blessed life, and I've had opportunities that I could never earn or deserve. Um, but that was the first time where I started to really experience the frailty mm-hmm. and the uh, the chances that things might not turn out in my life the way that I planned them to turn out. Yeah, and even though I love God. And I really want to live for him. That didn't require him to give me what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a grown boy lesson. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm t- I'm telling that to my three-year-old now, right. but he don't, he don't <laughs> understand it like ice cream versus broccoli. Right. <laughs> but I felt it as a 21 year old mm-hmm. that my life is not going to turn out the way that I, um, I might think it's going to turn out. Yeah, and so I was I was disappointed.
0: Yeah, it was rough. so what happens next? I mean, wh- what?
1: Well, here it, the the story gets really interesting because not too long after that, I got a call from my friend to play for him in a show in Chicago. And to show you where my heart was, I almost told him no yeah. because I was I was about to turn the corner of like I'm not doing music.
0: Okay, you were going to totally I'm, walk
1: away. I'm, if it's not this school that I want to go to, what else could LA. there be? Right? And why would I think such a drastic statement? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But in my mind, in my heart, in my perception, that option was the option. And mm-hmm. if it's, it's either that or nothing. Mm-hmm. So even my friend calling me to play for him and get paid and travel to Chicago yeah. and do that was not something that I wanted to do. Yeah. But he convinced me and I felt a tug in my heart to do it. And so we drove to Chicago in a van. We got there, set up, did the show. I didn't know that, well, I knew that this guy was, um, my friend was going to open up for an artist named Johnny Lang. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Lang is some, uh, is an artist that I really enjoy. I, yeah. I listen to his music. His music actually got me through a lot of other dark seasons. Wow. So honestly, I think that's why I went, that I'm hmm. talking it out. I mm-hmm. think I went because I might get to meet You're like, him. all right. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can do that. I can gonna... do that. But I, in no way was it like, this is going to be the next step in my career. Yeah. It was like, let me just meet him and just find Maybe something move on. We did the show and I get back home. Now, I didn't know all that had happened that night mm-hmm. until probably a week later, I get a phone call from Johnny's manager. And Johnny's manager said, hey, Johnny heard you play at the show a couple of weeks ago and we need someone to sub for him for the summer shows. Mm-hmm. He said, "I know it's last minute. You probably aren't prepared. You probably got a lot of stuff going on. You're probably too busy. But if probably you, going to yeah, in LA. Yeah, yeah, and if you want to come out with us, he wants to try out for a couple of shows. And I was floored for a lot of reasons. One, I wasn't expecting that door to open. Yeah. Two, I didn't want to get my hopes up again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. when you get disappointed one time." It takes courage and bravery to say, let me hope again. Yeah, Let me put my heart yeah. out there one more time. And the short of it is years later, I mean, I'm really, really close friends with Johnny now. And we've talked about this many times. But during my friend set, the opening act, he had to come down and watched the show mm. and saw me playing. And he said, God told him while I was playing mm. that I was his next keyboard
0: player. I've, I've heard this. I've heard you say that before. It still floors me. <laughs>
1: And I didn't know that when I was playing. I didn't know that when he invited me to the tour. I didn't find that out till maybe a year or so later. That's crazy. But not only did he want me to play, he felt like it was divine calling for me yeah. to be in that band. And now I was in that band for eight years. It was my sole income for eight years.
0: <laughs> Do you know, this is so crazy. So... Uh, I had my friend and your friend, I'm sure, Melinda Doolittle on the show earlier in the season. Oh, I love Melinda. She has a very similar story.
1: Really? Mm -hmm. Really? Someone
0: in the audience at a Belmont Senior Showcase recital. Wow. She was singing BGV. She said, really, I wasn't even singing. I was dancing, which I can't do. (laughs) And the woman in the audience, like heard the lord say you need to hire her to be a session singer wow. later this week whatever it was wow. and um i mean she didn't even know melinda could sing literally she's like do you sing do you wow. could you
1: <laughs> wow wow "Yeah, i was like yeah i, can yeah, I, I think and i mean it. that was yeah. the
0: beginning of her career as a session singer that's anyway.
1: i mean i had never gone on tour before i didn't have any gear i didn't know how to i was mean, so funny they had to teach me the rules of the tour bus like don't do certain stuff on the bus yeah you know i I was green. I was unprepared, which is so funny to me. It's like I was preparing for one thing. You're
0: so prepared.
1: And then this other door opened that I was not prepared for. Yeah. But like I said, I was there, I was there for 8 years. It was to this day the best touring experience I've ever had. So my closest friends, a lot of the contacts that I have that I still need and use today, I got on that tour. Johnny is a believer. Yeah. He loves the Lord. Yeah. Um I had never played secular music at that point mm-hmm. by the way. I was only playing at church. Interesting. So I was never paid to to tour in clubs and yeah. then casinos, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I got to see the presence of God.
2: Ooh, yeah. Touch people. Yeah.
1: In places where they were not expecting to encounter. Unexpected places, yeah. We saw people uh receive Jesus. Wow. I saw people get delivered while we were playing in House of Blues, wow. people screaming in the back because they were being set free from whatever. I mean, I never talked to them, but I could hear I you can. you know the sound yeah. of someone yeah. releasing. Yeah. <laughs> And prayer times we had in the bus, prayer times we had in the hotel. I mean, it changed my life. I'm, I'm a better musician because of that yeah. tour. Johnny's one of the best musicians in the world. Yeah. I toured with a band that was some of the best musicians in the yeah. world. And not only that, I had a career. I had a job yeah. that paid me very well for a few years that most musicians don't get to say they got to have. Uh-huh. So God's way is better. It is. It <laughs> is. I mean, it is. And... It's it's interesting to me that he doesn't show all of his cards yeah. the whole time. Yeah. I would have wanted him to say, okay, no to grad school, but I have this other thing for you. Yeah. It, so that I wouldn't have to wait. Yeah. Whatever two yeah. months were there. That. But
0: that's not a faith journey.
1: That's not a it's not a faith journey. And you don't grow the same way. No, no, you don't. If it's almost like that story, it might be chicken little where it's like, you didn't help me pick the wheat. You didn't help me bake the bread, but you want all the benefits of the work. Mm. And the benefits of God, we don't work for them, Mm -hmm. but they taste sweeter Mm -hmm. when we have to wait for them. Yeah. You know, when you have to wait for your dinner and you smell in the kitchen, you appreciate it more when it comes versus just give me what I want right now. And that's that's how I feel about that journey in my heart Mm -hmm. was because God unfolded it over time. Mm It became more of a lesson to me versus just one time in my life where I was sad. Mm-hmm. I always look back to that now when I have to wait for something, mm-hmm. when I get rejected in any way, I have to look back at that benchmark and say, you know what? I remember that feeling. Mm-hmm. I remember that feeling of someone telling me no. What do I do with that? Mm-hmm. And I'm not perfect at it, but now I'm building up experiences. Yeah. Where. One thing that God taught me what in terms of rejection, because that's really what it was. Right. I was dealing with rejection. Yeah. Someone telling me no. Yeah. And the pride of that. <laughs> yes. How dare you tell me yes. something I can't do. And that rejection shut me down because again, I attach it to my value. Mm-hmm. Not to my work. Right. But to right. Am I good? Right. Am I worth anything? Yeah. Maybe I'll never be valuable to anybody. Yeah. That's how far my mind went. Right. No, totally. Which is not true. And one thing I learned about rejection is that when someone tells you no. It is not an indicator of intrinsic value, right? An external no. Most of the time, has no connection mm. to your internal value, mm-hmm. but we 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 build that bridge in our mind, yeah, in our emotions, yeah. You know, when a girlfriend breaks up with you, or yeah. a job offer goes down the toilet, yeah. or your kid doesn't want to say "I love you" at night, whatever it is, you're just right. like, "Oh, yeah. I must be a bad parent," yeah. But it's like, well, that's a situation, yeah, that has a lot of things going on behind it, yes and i'm learning how to separate situational scenarios from my intrinsic value mm-hmm. and it makes one closed door be just that just a closed door it is just one door yeah. out of many infinite possibilities yeah. that god could have for me yeah and man that you live differently that way totally you live totally. cuz it's like then the nose almost become god's protection and they become his provision. Mm-hmm. And they become his fence for yes. you. I mean, the the end of the story is, I didn't meet my wife in LA. That's right. You, you know what I'm saying? You have
0: that beautiful bride and those two beautiful kiddos.
1: My wife was gone to LA. in Nashville. Yeah. And I believe that had I gone to LA, my life would have been, would have been very different. Yeah. The other thing is... Most people migrated to LA during that time uh-huh. are back in Nashville. Interesting. Because there was like this big yeah. thing like LA's the the gold rush. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. everything you want is out there. And then yeah. now most people that are there, you know, LA's an awesome city. If yeah. you live in LA and you're listening to this, this is not a bash against LA. No. But many people are back in Nashville because the cost of living is lower. Totally. The music industry is just as powerful. The world has changed even in the last ten years where yeah. location is not as important yeah. as relationship. Yeah. So God knew all of that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been a part of natural life. Natural life, by the way, started maybe two years after that, which is where I work now, is where I, a lot of my friends met the yeah. Lord, it's where I encountered the Spirit of God. Yeah. Is where I get to exercise a lot of my talents right now. Yeah. So man, I'm just grateful. Yeah. Now I wasn't then. <laughs> totally. I wasn't grateful in that time, but now I'm grateful for the no mm-hmm. from God because mm-hmm it was a protection just like I do for my kids. Yeah. Yes. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Except maybe a lot bigger. It yeah. is a lot bigger. But my son Tobin, Tobin, no son, you can't eat ice cream. Yeah. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. You just can't. You yeah. need, you need protein and, and vegetables and, and yeah. carbs in your diet. Yeah. Ah! It's his response. Right. You know, and it's not wrong. He's not sinning by doing that. Yeah. He's expressing his limited perspective. Yeah. And. In many ways, I still, on a daily basis, have to surrender my perspective. Like, God, don't you see the situation? Don't you see that it has to work out this way? Or they have to say that and they have to respond to my email in a certain way? He's like, no, son. (laughs) You have no idea what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Two things come to mind you saying that. One, I remember the first time I recognized that my prayer life was a lot of me telling God the strategy of like how things should play out. (laughs) You know, I wasn't coming before the Lord, like hands open, like, Hey, here's the situation. Right. Can you just enter it? Right. You're actually already there. I just need to acknowledge that you're there and can you help me stay connected to you through your spirit and like whatever. But I wasn't, I was like, okay, Lord, this is, this is the problem. And this is the solution and this is how we're going to get there. So Mm -hmm. can you do Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z? And there's nothing wrong with that like i i do think that there are times when i mean obviously paul tells us pray without ceasing pray about mm-hmm. everything all the time like let's ask god to do all the things with specifics oh right. that's great right but god doesn't need me right to figure out that's right the strategy to the solution that's right and my solution may not even be what he ultimately has in that's mind. that's right
1: that's right
0: so i just remember that being such a like switch flip for me in mm-hmm. my prayer life and the way that I thought about inviting God into right. whatever situation. Right. And then the other thing it made me think of it was a pastor at our church just told a story about, you know, his son got a little sandbox um toolkit, not even the sandbox, just like the pail and the shovels and mm-hmm. whatever. And he was so excited and um loved digging in their yard and whatever. And and so Saturday morning wakes up and he's like so excited, like daddy, come outside with me and let's dig in the yard, whatever. And and dad says, like, no, son, I have something else in mind for us to do today. And, mm-hmm. you know, the child is just a mess. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Isaac, my two and a half year old, is in that season right mm-hmm. now. It's like you say no to him. I mean, he's gonna be a puddle on the right. floor all of a sudden. You're like, What is going on? Right. I mean, just so many emotions right now at two and a half. Right. Just sad, just sad mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the pastor's like, buddy, it's going to be okay. I promise it's going to be better. Well, dad ends up taking him to a park that has like, you know, four like football, not really, right. but like football See? field size sandbox. See? And so he knew like, I yep. know you want to dig yep. in the dirt with your new yep. tools, but I'm going to take you to like yep. this amazing place. That's right. But the no in the moment for that toddler was extreme. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. he was mad That's and upset right. and grieved. And I think we do that a lot a to lot. the Lord.
1: You're and right.
0: God's like, and sometimes, you know, we want to dig in the dirt and God's not even taking us to a sandbox right. place. He's taking us something That's completely right. different. That's right. But it's always
1: better. It's always. I mean, there's no comparison. Better is not even the right word. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, we're talking about my family, my wife. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like God wasn't just thinking about my little four years in grad school. Yeah. That was the big thing in my perception. But he's like, son, I have a family for you. Mm-hmm. Things like I get to work now from home during this quarantine time. Yeah. And be with my family. Yeah. Right now I'm not dependent on touring income which has been shut down
2: completely. Yeah. So yeah.
1: The, the thing is yeah. it's like every season. Yeah. It's a constant learning how to trust God. Yeah. And when he is removing something from your life that you feel is attached to your heart. Mm. It is for your good. Mm. And for his glory. Always, Because there's there are some times where you may not actually benefit from the immediate change, but someone else might. Mm-hmm. And the other part of the perspective is not just my life got better. It's maybe God is doing this in my life to help somebody else. Totally. And that's, I mean, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> coming out of my mouth, but doesn't feel good no. in the moment where, okay, but God, you're sacrificing my life or yeah. my time or my money or my yeah. experience yeah. to help someone else.
0: Well, we're so me-centric. And I mean, that's just our human that's just what it frailty. Is. Yeah. It's our limitedness. Yeah. It's. I think it's just our sin nature. It's yeah, all about me. That's right. And I think... We'll all get to heaven and realize it was never about it me. Was
1: never. <laughs> it was never. I got.
0: Never. I got to experience blessing by being used, yes. and like, and I did. I. I got. I mean, such a blessed life and all these things, but like, yeah. it actually was never about me. God right. was doing things in my life and using me for right. a way bigger story. than right. I right. think will. I. I imagine we'll get to spend all of eternity just like discovering, discovering all of that stuff. You're it's right. Like meeting all these people and to, right. like. You're right. Seeing God's hand through every detail, how every story of His children has been woven together over generations, yeah. and
1: yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be a part. It, of it reminds me of that verse that says, "Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it mm. can't produce fruit." Ooh. And you don't hear that script. You don't see that scripture on social media. That.
0: Much. <laughs> we don't see things on. Okay, everybody.
1: Our sermon series for this month is dying seeds. All right. <laughs> It's like, no, you don't hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. But that is the core of our faith. Yeah. How do I know I love my friend? It's I give my life for him. Yeah. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I mean, that is we are we're talking about bedrock Christianity right now, where love equals sacrifice. Yeah. And I believe we grow the most through sacrifice. Yeah. And when my career is focused on gaining Mm -hmm. and not focused on sacrificing then every disappointment knocks me over. Yeah, Every setback takes me down because my career is supposed to be about me. I'm supposed to be making the money, getting benefits, yeah. retiring, and having health insurance. Yeah. And yes, praise God for that. But if I'm a pastor as a career, mm-hmm. then I'm getting paid to serve people.
0: <laughs> right.
1: If I'm a financial advisor, I'm getting paid to help people get their finances together. Uh-huh. So I can't get lost in the details of my personal benefit and forget why I'm here in the first place, yeah. which is to expand God's family, yeah. expand God's kingdom. Yeah, I remember there were plenty of times since that time where I've been rejected and told no. I remember there are times where God gave me the opportunity to say yes and then told me to say no. Mm-hmm.
2: I'll
1: give you an example. There was, there was a time when the church first started where I was praying about how much to be committed to the church. Mm-hmm. And if I should keep being out of town or if I should stay in town and help yeah. build the ministry. And I wasn't wrestling because I didn't know what God wanted me to do. <laughs> I was wrestling mm-hmm. because I didn't know if I wanted to do what God asked me to do. Mm. So the first situation I described was, yeah. Duan, no, you can't go over there. You actually have no power and control. A few years later, I graduated to first grade, let's call it. First one was kindergarten. This is first grade. Mm-hmm. First grade is, Duan, I actually give you the option. And wow. I'm going to ask you to say no, but I'm gonna still give you the choice. Wow. That's a whole nother situation. That's a whole nother game. Yeah. You went from bench to, you know, yeah. power forward. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, okay. And I remember feeling he wants me to give this up. He he wants me to lay this down. Wow. And I was like, <sighs> Again, I really believe looking back hindsight of 2020, he was still tearing music from my identity. Uh-huh. He was trying to show me, Duane, you have no idea you're going to be a pastor in three yep. years. You have no idea you're going to be a dad. Yep. And you have no idea that I want you to be home and still get paid during COVID-19. Yeah, I, I mean, right. but I'm thinking, but I'm a touring musician. Yeah, this
0: is what I do. This, this is, is what I have spent my entire life practicing for, preparing for.
1: Is what I okay, do.
0: I want to get into that a little bit more, but I, I want to... Pause for a second. What would you say to a person that's listening to this right now who is in that crossroad of, I know what God's asking me to do and I don't want to do it?
1: I think it's really important to remember, first of all, who you're talking to. Hmm. And two qualifications, two character traits of God that I think are important. One is that he's all knowing, Mm -hmm. and two, he loves you.
2: Hmm.
1: No one else on the planet has those qualifications. Mm -hmm. You don't have, I mean, so. Emotions are great. Processing is great. Logic, uh, comparing, counseling is all great. Getting godly counsel is great. But you know what God is telling you when you get in your room Mm -hmm. and you pray and you ask him. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we think we don't hear the voice of God. Most of the time we don't want to (laughs) hear. He's speaking to us. He says, my sheep know my voice. So once he speaks and gives you a directive, I'll say first step is confirm his voice. Mm -hmm. Stop, pray, Mm -hmm. fast, get counsel see where the word of God is leading you. And mm-hmm. as you add those together, he will speak and give you a direction. Mm-hmm. When he does that, remember who's talking to you. Remember that he's all-knowing. He, he knows every plan of every system of every person in the world. Mm-hmm. And he's working all of those things out for your good mm-hmm. and for his glory. Not only that, he's doing it with your best interest. He loves you. Yeah. He said, if I feed the sparrows, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. So once you get to that place, you know what? God knows everything. He loves me. The last step is to take a step of faith mm. and trust God. Mm-hmm. You can't get away from it. Yeah. We try as Christians, I, I'll say I, I try to follow Jesus based on what I can see. Yeah. And I try to get as much faith and trust out as possible because yeah. it's easier. Yeah. So I'll take that job because of these packages or yeah. I'll move to that city because of these things. Yeah. Or smaller than that, you know? I'll um do this diet, because it feels right to do this diet right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while all those could be God, usually it's the one that requires me, like I said, to sacrifice. Uh-huh. And it might just be sacrificing time mm-hmm. or money. Mm-hmm. And because we can say trust God all day long, but let's get down to the bottom. Yeah. Trusting God means you have to let something go. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. That, that you have to be. For sure. You can't hold everything. You can't hold every dollar and every relationship in your hand. To get a great relationship, you usually have to let something else go. Uh And that's what trusting God looks like. When Jesus trusted his father, it was giving his life. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. I would say, first of all, confirm the voice of God. Then I would say, remember who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Then I would say, once you do those two things, you got to jump. There's no way around it. Obey. Obey. (laughs) Yeah. You got to obey him. And. You do that over days. Yeah. It starts with one decision in the morning, then that turns into three decisions that day. Yeah. Then maybe four that week. Yeah. And then over months and time, we we look at our parents. Your parents are awesome people of faith. My parents are awesome people of faith. They're like, I want to get there. Yes. How did you get to that yeah. point? And they'll probably tell you, I started with one decision at a time. Yeah. And I just put I just kept doing the same things that I knew to do, which was to trust God. Yeah. Trust God. Obey yeah. God's yeah. voice. Even if I didn't understand what was going on, yep, um, and that you start to build a muscle, yep, because as you start graduating from first to second grade, second to third, third to fourth, more is at stake. Yeah, there's more at stake in my decisions right now than when I was in my apartment as a single man. Completely, I'm leading a family right now. Yeah, but I still feel the same. <sighs> mm-hmm. God, what do I do? Mm-hmm. What do I do here? What do I do? And thankfully, I've. I'm building a muscle mm-hmm. to where now, even though I have more at stake, I actually have more confidence in the decisions. Totally. To share with my wife. Yeah. And to bring her into that and say, what do you think? Yeah. See, that's what I would say. I, w- I would say that it's not going to be easy. The decision's not going to be easy. But I'll use the same example. God gave me the option. He told me what He wanted me to do. He wanted me to lay down touring mm-hmm. and be home okay. with my family and focus on the church. And I don't say this to brag, I say this as an example. I didn't win a Grammy on the road.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true.
1: You know what I'm saying? That yeah. that I that happened because I was in town and I made a relationship with someone in town mm-hmm. and I recorded a song and wrote a song in town. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't to me, Grammy, <laughs> that's not even on my radar. Right. That's I'm not even in a position right. as a musician to right. get that. That's right. Some people are working for that. That wasn't even on my yeah. radar. Yeah. And I remember when I accepted the award, it was so funny. My wife was sitting with me. And they called our names as a nominees. And she pulled her camera up. I said, Laura, <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: don't be filming this. When yeah. If, I don't if win. If I don't win, I'm like, not going I'm not going to
1: gonna watch this over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's okay. She's like, well, you never know. I was like, okay, okay. So even in that moment, I was like, yeah, I, this I still is a pipe dream. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I get to sit in here and see all these people with yeah. my wife and me dressed up real nice. And, and
0: what an honor to just be even nominated. I mean, incredible. Yeah.
1: yeah. I had my whole, yeah. whole spiel planned, right? Yeah. And what was so funny about that particular award, it was a songwriting award. So even though the award was for CC Wine and Song, they named the songwriters first. Right. So I'm expecting if I win, they're gonna say CC Wine. Yeah. They said, and the Grammy Award goes to Dwan Hill. (laughs) And you see Laura's phone go,
2: ah!
1: (laughs) She was filming and the phone goes down. 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 We, We missed the whole thing. But I say that to say, God. Is so good, and his plans for us are. His scripture says they're just far beyond
0: anything we could ask or imagine. Yeah.
1: He, and he uses the no's and the rejections for that plan. I think we think there's yes. two separate paths. Yeah. When when someone says no, and God's working out something for my good, those two things are not congruent. Mm-hmm. When actually, that's the whole point of that scripture, mm-hmm. is that everything persecution, rejection. Yeah
0: trials of various kinds that whole, yeah the whole list that Paul gives all these things
1: all these yeah. things work together for yeah. for our good and for his glory yeah and i wish i could give a kind of a kumbaya <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs>
1: song playlist for yeah. everybody to listen to that will help i should say make the decision for them it'll help them it'll <laughs> yeah. encourage them it'll yeah. get you to the bridge yeah. and the cliff yeah but once you get to that cliff that's when your faith really gets tested yeah and when you're in your room and you feel like i was alone and rejected those scriptures are only useful to you if you put them in action yeah the bible on the shelf is not gonna do anything Mm -hmm. for you it's when you say i am a son of god Mm -hmm. i am a man of god god has given me talents to bless this world yeah god is going to prosper my family I have a message for the world Mm. to hear. Mm -hmm. And even if this particular situation doesn't work out, Mm -hmm. God has unlimited possibilities for me. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, heard. neither has it entered into my heart. Mm. I haven't even fathomed what God has planned for me. Mm. But the next part is even better. It says, but he has revealed this to them by his spirit. Mm. We usually stop at that verse and say, we we just don't know what his plans are.
0: Yeah. No one knows the mind of God. Yeah.
1: He says, yeah, no one knows the mind of God except the spirit of God, but he's given us his spirit. Mm-hmm. So even in that dark moment of rejection, the Lord was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. I have better plans for you, son. That's what got me off the couch to go to Chicago. Trust me, son. I got you. It's
0: like, okay, Lord. One foot in front of the other. My dad always says just do the next thing.
1: Do the What's next, the next thing? thing. That is when awesome. When you
0: are overwhelmed with the situation and the future and you don't know what to do, you just do
1: do the next, the very thing. next thing, and that's and that God is a you. that's right, that's a holy action. Yeah, we think of it like, okay, after step ten, then I'll be walking in faith. Like when I really do something yeah. for God that yeah. people notice. No, 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 that trust me, getting off the floor.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes getting out of bed, <laughs> literally, like, okay, Lord, I'm I got out. What I got now?
1: out of Get an... in the shower.
0: Okay, <laughs> Lord, what now? But literally, I mean, we, You're I right. we all go through seasons in life that right. is the true reality.
1: That is a true reality. You know, we think, well, when I get up and tell my testimony about the three years of, yeah. of infertility or yeah. the three years of
2: yeah.
1: emotional turmoil, that's when I'm acting in faith. Mm-hmm. No, friends, God is with you in the darkest places. Mm-hmm. And he's not asking you to tell your testimony yet. He's asking you to trust him where you are. Yeah. And that is exactly what you said. Yeah. I'm gonna put my foot on the edge of this bed and get up mm-hmm. out of this bed today. I'm yeah. gonna wash my face. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hang out with my children. Yeah. There have been so many times where I've been in meetings or situations where I leave the meeting. I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna turn out, and I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this. I'm gonna go hang out with him. my son Toby. Mm. That's the next step. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's and I feel the spirit of God in that. Yeah. I feel his his protection and love. Yeah. And like, I'm gonna lay this at your feet. Yeah. I'm going to go do something that has yes. nothing to do right. with what this anxious. And
0: what I think that's something I've really been learning in this season is like, okay, Lord, what do you have for me right now? What mm-hmm. What is today? And a lot of that for me is my two sons
1: right. or my husband, or that's I mean, right. just that's in the right. season
0: that we're in of COVID and everyone being home. And, but it's like this, this is the mighty work that you have for me to do right now.
1: That's right. That's right. That's and that's I got to right.
0: be faithful in every situation that you give me, Lord. That's right. And that's my job—is just to be faithful, to show that's up, right. to obey, be faithful. Mm-hmm. God can do whatever He wants to do with all of it. We can't control our successes, our failures—even really, I mean, all no. the results of what we do. That's right. We don't really—if we—if we're putting our best foot for, you know, if we're trying our hardest to please the Lord and love right. other people, we do our best, and the that's rest right. is up to Him. That's right. But we have to be obedient and faithful. I just want to interrupt this conversation for a second to tell you about a couple things. One, each month in 2020, I'm choosing a book of the Bible to study, and I would love for you to join me. You can learn all about it on my Instagram, and you can even download a reading guide to help you. The guide is to give you a super simple, flexible, and really a practical guide in helping you get in a rhythm of reading your Bible and seeing how it can impact your life second. I'm running a major sale on my book, The College Girl Survival Guide. It is the perfect high school graduation gift or just a sweet way to encourage a current college student you know and love. You can even ship the book directly to her with a note from you. Go to hannahseymour.com for more info and use the discount code no matter what, all one word, all lowercase, no matter what at checkout. Okay, I want to go back to you talking about learning to separate. It's not even separate. Your identity was rooted in your abilities as a musician. That's right. Tell me about that process of going from one place of this is the core of my identity to, oh, no, this is not the core of my identity. And right. God is like stripping things from me right. to like, now, Dwan Hill, what is the core of your identity? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> right. like,
1: well, here's what I think happens a lot in music. Well, I'll say it in my experience, there's not, I didn't have a lot of opportunities to have conversations beyond your identity is in Christ, which is a true statement. Yes. But the breakdown and the the acting out of that statement, I didn't have a lot of practical training. Yeah. So I would, if somebody I asked. Think, I don't think most people do. <laughs> it's like somebody would say, Duane, you, you're a man of God and God has great things for you. And I'm like, yes, amen. Thank yeah. you.
0: Yeah. And it's to be a musician. Right. Yeah.
1: So this is what happens. You you say or hear that statement, and then you uh, almost immediately attach it to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm a pastor. I'm a prophet. Mm-hmm. Or I'm a musician. Or I'm a dad. Or I'm a mom. And that's part of it. Yeah. Um, But to me, a big separation is going from I do, so I am, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. I am, so I do. Mm-hmm. And I had to really build the I am statements without doing anything. Yeah. If I never play another keyboard, if I never get married. Yeah. Cause I Laura and I got married in our thirties. Yeah. Both of us were like,
2: Yeah,
1: you might not get married. Right. Right. <laughs> if you don't meet somebody quick, you right. know, right. which is not true. I know. It's not true. But my identity was trying to get wrapped up in for my man if I can't I find single? a wife. Am I, yeah, am I, what's I a family?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I started building the I am statements. And, and they weren't, I am a musician. Mm-hmm. They were, I am confident. Mm-hmm. I am a leader. Mm-hmm. I am a son of God. Yeah. I am righteous. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say that 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Because I had too many mistakes lined up against me. Mm-hmm. But I had to practice, again, mistakes are what I did. That's not who I am. Yeah. I am holy.
0: Yeah. You're righteous and holy because of the work Christ did on the cross. He gave you his righteousness. He, he gave you his gave holiness. gave it to me.
1: But he, then you got to wear it. You got to wear it. <laughs> yeah, you got to walk it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to put it on. Yeah. And the work of Jesus makes my work a partnership. Mm. So now instead of being a musician that is working toward a goal, I am a son of God who does music yeah. with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And that might, to so some people, they're like, well, you just said the same thing. Well, when it gets to your heart, it's different. Today, I yeah. can say this with full assurance. And I could not say this 10 years ago. If you took music from me right now and you said I could never play it again, I'd be okay. Wow. Because I, I laid it down. Yeah. I remember I was uh, in in the living room of our pastor's house. And the Spirit of God asked me, would you be willing to lay this down mm-hmm. if I asked you to do something else? Mm-hmm. And I was sobbing. It's <laughs> like, uh what and I remember saying through the tears and the emotions of that yes Lord mm-hmm. if if you have an identity that is not part of this I don't yeah I want you yeah and that's what he raised back up again which is hilarious to me that he does that mm-hmm. once you lay it down mm-hmm. he's like oh I great it's Isaac. it's it's the right. exact same thing I've
0: prepared you your whole life to be doing this I'm not I'm not <laughs> Like I mean, I could, I could. lay down and say, yep, that's what I want you to do. And that's I do right. have right.
1: But... but but it proves that he's not even after the thing.
0: No, he's after your heart. He's
1: after your heart. He's after your character. He's after your relationship with him and how he's going to interact with you in this world to bring his kingdom here. Yeah. And that could be, I I never thought until the last couple of years that if I laid down music, God could raise me up to do anything.
0: Literally anything he wants. I think the thing I, I always come back to and blows my mind every time. I am so limited in my resources and abilities, but God, but God, but God, who created me, who has plans for me—all these, He is, He has unlimited, unlimited
1: resources, hundred percent, to the point where He could give you a gift by His Spirit right now that you've never thought about or prayed about yes. or practiced, yes, and you would be the best there was.
2: Let's go, God. It's already
1: happened. It's not. I'm not even giving yeah. like. Yeah. Hypothetical situation. Right. God anointed people in the Bible who were not warriors. Right. And they slayed became warriors. He anointed fishermen who were not preachers and they three thousand people get saved. Yeah. I mean, this is our heritage. Yeah. That God doesn't
0: Yeah. All you have to do is look at those twelve disciples. (laughs) The eleven that you know after Christ has resurrected and his spirit descends upon them, and they are completely different. Completely
1: different men. How how do fishermen and tax collectors spread a worldwide revival yeah. that is still alive today. today. So we just can't. We just cannot allow yeah. our perceptions either yeah. by culture or family or our own to limit what God can do. That being said, God is not a bad steward. He's not a bad manager. The no, seeds that he plants are expected to come back to him, multiply. Yeah. So had I known the character of God better I would have recognized the question. It wasn't, son, I'm asking you to give it up forever. I'm asking, would you choose me?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I know what God has prepared for me to do. I've been disappointed because I didn't know how he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I know that he's prepared me to do certain things.
0: I think that just was a shift for me. I, I think a lot of times I have thought, we just have a trust problem. We don't trust God. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually think the root of the problem is we don't we don't know
1: God. We don't know Look, listen to me. Because we would
0: trust a God. If we knew God.
1: 100%.
0: We would trust him.
1: 100%. There is no way. Every time somebody saw God in the Bible, every single time, there was one response. Face down. On the ground. (laughs) There was no conversation like, oh, God, I'm so glad you're here. Now, let me give you my list of Mm -mm. face down. On the ground. And we just don't know him like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're probably not supposed to know him quite like that yet because we couldn't get up in the morning and fix eggs for breakfast, right? But (laughs) the realization is that same person lives inside of me and that same person is in control. No matter how crazy the world is right now, that same person, one day every knee will bow. Thank you. Every tongue will say that Jesus is Lord. That's Mm -hmm. going to happen. So if that's true, there's no one else to put your trust in. There is. If every knee is bowing, yeah, you can't trust the person next to you that's right. bowing. Right. You got to trust the person who's standing and radiating rainbows yeah. and <laughs> light is coming from his eyes yeah. and the yeah. the scepter of the nations in his hand. That's the dude you need to trust. Yeah, we don't think about that though when we're in our room mm-hmm. praying and hoping that God works out five dollars for our next meal. Mm-hmm. But that's what you need to put in your mind mm-hmm. that the God of all creation who flung stars into space, who spoke, mm-hmm. not worked, but spoke and things came into existence. He's the one that I put my trust in. So now that framework, rewind back to my my experience with him. Duan, will you give this up for me? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, hmm. I don't
0: know, Lord, let me deliberate. Let me deliberate and Congress. pray and figure
1: out if this is real. Let me, yeah. 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 Yes, Lord. That's what I'm trying to, I'm not there yet, but right. I want my life to get to the point before God even finishes the statement, yes, Lord. Yep.
0: Whatever you want, Lord. Yes. What do you want me to do? Mm.
1: Because he he did ask that of people, and he asked them to give their very lives. Yeah. In our heritage, he's asking me to give yeah. up a career, but he asked yeah. Peter to give up your life. Yeah. Brutally. Yeah. I want you to die for me. Yeah. And it's not to minimize our situations. I'm not trying to no, minimize no. people's pain. I am trying to say that when your pain is in the presence of God, it it is a different thing. Yeah. One thing I'm learning right now, we're going through Chip Dodd's book, Voice of the Heart. And one thing I'm learning is that my emotions are an invitation to, to experience God at a deeper level. So instead of shoving them down, like I can't tell God that I'm nervous about this. Because okay. this is the thing. I'm not at the point where before God finishes his statement, I say, Yes, Lord, I'm not there yet. Right. Right. And I don't know if God even expects that as much as he does a conversation yeah. of trust. Yeah. Father, I'm I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm scared to do that yeah. because of these things, these things. It gives him an opportunity to say, "Son, I got you.
2: Yeah.
1: I know you're nervous about that relationship, but I'm going to heal that. Okay, yeah. so I'm I'm going to provide that money that you need. All right. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. You know that's the Psalms. Yeah. yeah, David says, "Why are you downcast, my soul? Yeah. Why is there no joy and hope COVID. within you?" <laughs> yeah. And he, the next verse is, "Put your hope in God." Yeah.
0: There's no hope in me because I'm not looking in the right place.
1: Put your hope in God. Yeah. Because when you put your hope in him, that doesn't disqualify your emotions. Yeah. It just places them at his feet. Yeah. And when and when you place anything at Jesus' feet, it becomes a relationship. Yeah. You don't want to talk to your husband, Tyler, and tell him that you're sad. And he's like, "But oh, did you clean the dishes? <laughs> that would be an atomic bomb in your house. In my house, it would be. That would not work out well. <laughs>
0: That would not be a good moment. (laughs) That wouldn't be
1: good. In our home. And as much as I love Tyler and much as I love my wife, Jesus describes them as evil compared to God. Mm -hmm. If your fathers who are evil know how Mm -hmm. to give good gifts to you, how much will your heavenly father? Yeah. So why wouldn't I be able to go to God and and say, I'm tired today, Lord. Yeah. I'm low on faith. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm worn out. Yeah. Help me. I just even praying that now I'm not even directing that to him. Even coming out of my yeah, mouth, like, I feel the it. surge of yep. the <laughs> of the spirit yeah. of God, yeah. because it's almost like He is waiting and ready yeah. to give aid to His children. Yeah. And when we're facing these, no matter what seasons, when we're looking at a scenario that's like, this is not, this is not where I thought I yeah. would be. I just encourage everybody to express that to you totally your father yes. yes say that exact phrase father i didn't think i was going to be here yeah whether it's your fault or somebody else's this is not matching my expectation lord yep. help me
0: yep yep prayer is such a hard topic for not topic practice mm-hmm. it's such a hard mm-hmm. discipline and practice for mm-hmm. so many christians and i mean there's prayer conferences and a, a million books on prayer and, right I mean, clearly we're trying to figure out how to do this thing because right, right, we struggle with it. Right. But, and my friend Ashley will say, I think the most profound prayer we can say are three words, Lord, help me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like that's I all agree. He, that's it. I agree. That's all he wants. I agree. But we try you know, 8,000 words. I agree. Okay, we have dance in and out of a lot of scripture, mm-hmm. but I want to hear from you. What is a passage or a verse that either you really clung to during this season of mm-hmm. your no matter what, or that, you know, maybe you didn't at that time, but if you now were speaking to 21 year old self or or what, you know, yes. what would you, what scripture would you give yourself at that time?
1: Yes. Well, I didn't use this at that time, but this is the one I would say today. Yeah. This is Psalm 37 verse 23. It says the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way though he fall he shall not be cast headlong for the lord upholds his hand i have been young and now i'm old yet i have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread
0: i love that psalm I've just pulled it up this whole psalm. is so good. It's so good. I mean, w- w- when you can, you, like, when can you not say that? Yeah, Bible, but <laughs> right. Just I mean, touches. later in that chapter, verse thirty-one, the law of his God is in his heart. His feet mm. do not slip. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's goes back to me. If the law of God is in your heart, that's right. You know who that's right. Your God is. You know who that's you're following. You know who you're obeying. You know who you're trusting. You know who you're serving. That's right. And your feet aren't going to slip, even if. Even if they do right. in a literal right. physical world sense, right? spiritually speaking – and that's the other thing I think I've just been thinking so much about recently in this season of life – Because we're flesh and blood and we're human and our understanding is so limited, we just see everything truly is flesh and blood. Right. And it's not. 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 Everything is spiritual. And it's not just that there's a spiritual layer over it all, it's that it is spiritual. That's right. And we tangibly experience the flesh part of it because that's the part that we understand and we can see with our eyes. Right. But we are really living. In a spiritual realm right. that we are primarily unaware of. That's right. And when life seems to trip us up, when we make mistakes, when we fall, when we get rejected, when there's a clothes war, or whatever, we experience that so physically. Mm-hmm. But spiritually, I mean, if we could just open our eyes and imagine what's That's going right. on spiritually. And That's again, right. going back to who's in charge of that spiritual kingdom. That's right. Jesus That's right. Christ, Father God. I mean, That's right. and we we know Him. That's right. We, we can know Him. That's right. And we know that He's trustworthy and that He is always good. Always good. He is always working things out for our Thank good you. and for His glory. That's awesome. But it's hard. That's it's hard to keep the perspective. I mean,
1: it's it's difficult. I mean, if you think about it, our physical our physical lives are the smallest term of our existence. Yeah. And. I was reading a scripture today about how our physical life is really a seed and investment to our eternal life. Yeah. How we invite people to Jesus. Money that we give is connected to eternal life. Yeah. It's difficult to have that perspective when all you're looking at is what you can see.
0: We just don't know. We just don't know what we don't know.
1: You just don't know. You know, and that's why the scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God because it requires faith to tap into things you can't see. Yeah. And... I think perspective maybe might be the key word for me in this conversation is Paul prayed that people would know Christ, mm-hmm. you know, in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his mm-hmm. suffering. Not that they would do good things. Yeah. He prayed that they would know him. Yeah. Because when Jesus says, follow me, he doesn't name a destination. Uh-uh. He doesn't name a mode of transportation. Uh-uh. He gives no description to those disciples. He says, follow me. And I think that's the call for believers today is, are we willing to follow Jesus without destination mm-hmm. and without mode of transportation? The reason why I think that's important is because it requires trust. Yeah. It requires you to trust somebody when they say, hey, you want to go take a ride with me? <laughs> the first question is what? Where are we going? Yeah,
0: I'm not getting your car unless I know the destination.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and most people have that same thing for Jesus. I'm not going to be a Christian unless I know things are going to work out for me. Yeah. I'm not going to be a Christian unless he heals my body. Yeah. And that's a little demanding. Yeah. It is not little. It's demanding. Yeah. No matter how bad you feel about your position. Yeah. To demand something of God before you enter a relationship Uh is even the same. I mean, imagine this, though. As bad as that sounds, it's actually worse to be in the relationship and know something about him and still demand something Mm -hmm. to stay. Mm-hmm. and give him ultimatum yeah it breaks his heart yeah i'm not giving my wife ultimatums to see to her right it's i love you i'm with you until the end yeah so yeah when jesus says follow me he knows no matter what times will come yeah and you know that you should yep. know that you should expect that yep. that there will be times where you're not going to know
0: christ promises suffering you're going to follow me and you're going to suffer
1: persecutions is, is is day one yeah <laughs> yep. if it's not physical or spiritual the enemy yep. will start slapping you upside your head yeah and you wouldn't sign up for that unless you knew the person you are following. Mm-hmm. Once you know the person whose car you're getting into, mm-hmm. the storm may be raging everywhere, but in this car, I'm safe. Yeah. And I may be afraid at sometimes or nervous at sometimes, but I'm mm-hmm. safe because I'm following the person I know.
0: Mm-hmm. So I've been studying First John this month, and. Something I had never seen. I I have always loved Chapter One of First John, mm-hmm. and really the contrast that John gives us of light and darkness. And verse seven of Chapter One says, "But if we walk in the light, as He Himself is in the light, mm-hmm. we have fellowship with one another." Which right. this is not where I was going, right. but interesting. Very I've good. always read fellowship one, with one another as like as believers, like you and I, John, can have fellowship if we're walking in the light. And it could be that, yeah. but it also could be. We have fellowship with one another. Mm-hmm. God and I have mm-hmm. fellowship with one another. Wow. And the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. But what I had never seen in addition to the one another piece, <laughs> was if we walk in the light is not about how we live and it's not about what we do. It's mm-hmm. where it's if we walk in the light, not Come if we on. live according to the light, that That's would be then right. And. and and there, that is a that's piece of right. the Christian journey too. Don't get that's me wrong, right. but that's right. this part, John is saying, if we walk in the light, right? So, so what John is saying to us is, you just have to put yourself right in the presence of God. That's right. I'm not talking about how you live it out. I'm not. That's right. If, if you just put yourself in front of God in that's His right. light, that's right. We immediately have access to fellowship with Him. That's right. And He immediately cleanses us. Wow. Of all of our mistakes, wow. of all our screw ups, of all of the evilness wow. that's in our heart that we wish was not there, but we were born with that's it. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: It, but it's about the placement.
1: That's right. In the car that's with right. the trusted
0: driver in that's the right. light. That's right. And he takes care of the rest.
1: Amen. I, it's so good to me. It's like, why would nobody do that? Why? Why would there be people still in darkness?
0: Yeah. If that's available. Because darkness hides hides and that I have that written all over my I mean I'm pointing to my phone right now but I have it all over the margins of my bible of like we love the darkness
1: because it hides our mistakes
0: it hides our sin it hides the things and we don't want to go into light because it's going to expose us and that is terrifying terrifying but like the second the second Mm -hmm. we walk into the light and we're exposed wow wow
1: we're free we're free yeah, and he's the only person that doesn't expose us to to bring us down. He exposes us to clean us, to lift us up. Yeah. What a yeah. what a what a great gospel. I mean, what a what that's good news. It's great news. The kingdom of God is good news because people of the world who are in darkness have seen a great light. Yeah, and it's calling them not just to point out what they've done wrong, but to join him in that light. Yeah, and. Yeah, if, if somebody listening is feeling they're in a dark place and they feel like like I was yeah. at my dark apartment. <laughs> that, that, I don't know why. She had no windows, <laughs> had no windows you know? <laughs> cement blocks, <laughs> no I, I know what that feels like. Uh and that wasn't the last time that I felt like that. And I know the trepidation that comes from knowing that there is light available uh-huh. and not wanting to go over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So I hate to lay this on everybody, but now you know there's light. So the question is not, is freedom available? The question is not, is God available and is peace available? Are you going to accept it?
2: What are you gonna do about it? What
1: are you gonna it only requires one next step, like you mentioned? What is the next step? And I I love your next step, which is Lord help me. Mm -hmm. Before you get it off your lips, He will provide you with the next step. Yeah. And I know it to be true because He did it for me, and I have a heritage of Christianity in the Word and friends like you who have testified and said He delivered me. Yeah, I was blind. Yep, can't explain how He did it. Yep, but now I see. Amen. And uh, that's why I love that verse in Psalm 37 because it says, "The steps of a good man are ordered." Now, I used to read that verse like, "Okay, well, I need to be good. Yep, yep, I need to do everything right so that my steps are ordered." Why do, why do we default to performance I know. when we should default to relationship? Mm-hmm. And first of all, the good man is Jesus. Mm-hmm. I learned this a couple uh, not too long ago where I kept reading all these stories like I was the main character in the Bible, <laughs> like God wrote the Bible for yeah. me Yeah, when he really wrote it to describe his character yeah. so I could learn about him. Right. I
0: want to cool. tell you about me and my story. And you get to be part
1: of it. You get to be part of it. And it goes back to your point, though, about when we know Jesus and we know His character, my story changes. Yep. I don't even know about me. I know no. I know my faults. Yeah. I know where I'm. <laughs> I know enough. <laughs> I don't need that. I need to know who is perfect. Is anybody good? Is there is justice in the world. Yeah. Is there? Is there uh, hope anywhere? Yeah. And God says my story. Yeah. So when He says the steps of a good man are ordered, first of all, He's describing Jesus. Mm-hmm. Second of all, when I'm abiding in Him when I'm attached to the vine, yeah. when I walk in the light, whatever yeah. description of scripture that yeah. you want to use yeah. to get Fellowship there, with God. Fellowship with God. My steps are ordered. Why? Because I'm following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when Jesus steps, I step. When Jesus pauses, I pause. Yeah. And it takes all the pressure off of me. Yeah. Because now I'm not deciding my life. Yeah. I'm simply following the leader. Yeah. We learned it in kindergarten. Yeah. When we do that and things happen that we don't expect, we don't look at ourselves; we look at Jesus, mm-hmm. because He's our leader. Mm-hmm. And you start asking Him, Lord, why am I here? Why did You put me here? What 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 are You wanting me to learn right here? It's like I'm glad You asked that. Mm-hmm. In this season, I need You to learn humility. Yeah, I need You to learn patience. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, Okay, okay, so this is the lesson for this time. I got it. Mm-hmm. Lord, give me patience. Give me the patience I need to grow as a man of God. Yeah. And the last thing I want to share was I also learned that usually the The challenge in the moment Mm -hmm. is preparation for the next responsibility. Totally. So, as he's smoothing out my character in a dark room, it's because he has a picture of my life, like you do photography. Mm -hmm. He's developing something that he wants to give him glory when I come out of that room. Mm -hmm. Now, I can choose to stay in a dark room for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. You can put all your photos in there and say, I took all these thousands of photos and they're my dark room and they'll be ready someday. Or I can say, you know what? It only takes a certain amount of time for pictures to develop. (laughs) And God has set seasons and time for everything. Weeping, mourning, rejoicing, crying. And again, if I just follow him, the clock is ticking. And I hope that gives people hope. Your destination is not darkness. Mm -hmm. Your destination is not development. Uh -uh. Your destination is relationship with Jesus. And as seasons come and go, you're going to walk through darkness, but you're also going to experience some beautiful mountaintops, mm. some beautiful relationships with people, mm. and the gladness that springs from having purpose in your life. And then you walk through another dark time. Mm-hmm. It'll add a character a trait to you. Yep. And you'll experience another mountain. Yep. And if you have that trajectory, yep. instead of like, I'm in a dark place, yep. you could say, I have a hundred more mountaintops to experience in my life. Yep. So if it takes 99 valleys, praise so God. do it because jesus walked through the darkest of them for me Mm. and he saw the mountaintop it says for the joy that was set before him that's right he endured the cross um not for his own benefit he was good right he's the good man whose steps were ordered to give his life when he gave his life for me i get to follow now when i follow him i also have to sacrifice and give my life for people yeah and if that requires a dark room yes lord yeah let it be so, because out of that, a seed falls to the ground and dies. Harvest is produced from that. Amen. So, what's so funny? It's so easy to say that on a podcast. It's I like, know. okay, guys, everyone listening, do yeah. these things. But I know from experience, and I will have to keep practicing this. Yeah. Who knows what happens tomorrow. Yeah. I'll have to keep practicing that Jesus is my leader. Yeah. And he knows the way I take. Yeah. He's ordering my steps. And I think verse 25 said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Mm. <laughs> he is with you mm. in the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. And then the next phrase says, or his children begging bread. Mm. So what's really happening in your family and mine is that God is setting up a legacy of faith mm. to where the mountains and the valley that I'm persevering through mm-hmm. and experiencing, I'll be able to share that with my kids. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine three generations, four, five, ten generations of people saying, "It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. But dad made it. Yeah. Look yeah. at dad's testimony. Yeah. That's what you're doing with your dad. What I mean, it's just an awesome yeah. opportunity to say, if my parents did it. Yeah. Not pastor so and so. Right. <laughs> not evangelist so and so. My mom and dad. Yeah. Showed me how to persevere in faith. Yeah. I hope my two kids come up with that same. Because I can't keep the as much as I want to keep evil from them, no, and protect them from that. Know. I'd be a better parent to display what it looks like to endure, mm-hmm. so that when they when they will face yeah. the evil of the world yeah they'll also remember that <laughs> Abraham Hall of Faith yeah Gideon Hall of Faith yeah. Ruth Hall of Faith yeah Daddy Hall of Faith yeah that that yeah. that's the best legacy I can leave is that. My children never have to beg for bread. Yeah, and not I'm not talking about uh, Kroger brand bread. <laughs> talking I'm about talking about uh-huh. I'm t- yeah, <laughs> talking <laughs> about Whole Foods. <laughs> I'm talking about the living word of God, yeah. the living bread of life that yeah. comes down from heaven and feeds me. Yeah, to make it through hard times. Yeah, my children will never have to beg for that because yeah. they would have seen that. Hopefully. Yeah. Demonstrated to their
0: parents. Yeah, Juan Hill. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on no matter what. Oh, I'm,
1: it's my honor. I feel like I learned. I feel like it's like a therapy session. Uh, I learned by talking. I always feel like that with you. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, man. And uh, I know this podcast is affecting and touching a lot of people. So thanks. pray a blessing on you and everybody. Thank you, thank you.
0: Okay, one last thing before you go, you know, I always make sure our guests talk about some passage of scripture they really clung to during their no matter what season. And I've put all of the season one verses together in a cute, free, printable PDF that I would love to give you. Print it out and put it somewhere. You will see it every day. I know it will encourage you and help you continue to renew your mind with God's truth instead of letting your circumstances dictate your theology you can go to hannahseymour.com slash shop or find the direct link in the show notes wherever you listen. And speaking of where you listen, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, would you take two seconds to rate and review the show? It would mean so much to me. And you know, it helps other people find it. And hopefully they'll listen and be encouraged to be who God created them to be no matter what.